time of care. 719, joining us now in our studio is uh, Northfield's City Administrator, Ben Martig. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, let's talk about last night's City Council work session. It was just a work session last night. I shouldn't say just a work session. Of course, they're important, but no actions were taken. Um, first thing on the agenda last night was that MnDOT property at uh, the corner of Highway uh, 3 and Woodley. Uh, they've not abandon that yet from what i understand but uh will be soon yeah that's a maintenance facility site so some storage of uh trucks and their sand salt salt is stored there so it's a primary hub for snow removal which is just around the corner probably coming they're building a new facility uh kind of uh south of town uh, near the post office kind of on the opposite side of the uh, postal distribution kind of center that's down there and um so that will leave a vacancy on that site. And through MnDOT's processes, um, they do offer to the communities that they're in that if there's a public purpose or other purpose uh, that the city uh, is interested in acquiring the site, that's an option that's made available. Otherwise, it goes through a public kind of bidding process to become available. It's been in our community plans um, identified as a reuse site. And so we had had a discussion with the council a couple of uh months ago and they asked to go hear from our boards and commissions and report back to the council so last night was the first discussion of that as far as advice on the site and uh, maybe what to do with it from a city standpoint or not now when MnDOT uh, does abandon that which i understand is going to be january of 23 uh, is what the planning is right now when they do will northfield just if they choose to automatically get that and and if we do get that can we do something with it other than the city could you s- control the development uh, in that area if you if we're looking at a private business taking over because that is prime real estate yeah those those are some of the feedback that we got there's a few different things one is if it could be a city use um mm-hmm. we do have you know a contiguous park system that kind of goes through there with our river corridor efforts it's a little bit kind of on the fringe of that so there were some discussions about might there be some public park type uses um, from a redevelopment standpoint the the city could actually get involved and, and through our economic development authority or through our EDA they gave some input related to potential commercial development on the site potential residential development on the site or maybe a mixed a combination of those things so one option is if, if you do want to do a, a, a development side of things, um, the city can help facilitate development, have a little more control about what goes there, maybe the design of the site, and it is kind of a unique transition area where you kind of got the traditional highway on one side, but you're kind of moving into more of the downtown, and I guess we also have some residential in that area. So there's the ability for the city to, to get involved to help facilitate that, find the right development on a major gateway that's identified in our plans to make it something that really works well. The other option is is if the city doesn't want to get involved in it, the city could simply just apply a zoning code to it basically to define what type of use would go there and what would be appropriate for development and let the private market kind of play its way out um, is kind of another approach to it. How large of a lot is that? It uh, You know, we see the buildings out there, but where does it begin and where does it end? Yeah, so it's about uh, 2.3 acres okay. uh, in size. and So, so it's... It's a decent size for some development. Yeah, they actually, uh, Mitzi Baker, our community development director, did some overlays in our plans to show how existing buildings in our community might fit or even lot. So Ames Park, as an example, would fit 
inside of that area to give you a little bit of a sense. Um, mm. uh, it's cl- it's a little bit larger than that site, I guess. So it's a pretty big, pretty big piece of property to potentially work with. Um, there is a access off of Woodley Street. Not likely to be able to get any access directly off of Highway Three with MnDOT's regulations. And then we do have a city street on the backside that potentially could have an access point. Not envisioning a street going through there, but potentially a, a drive-through, whereas right now MnDOT has a restricted where you can't go all the way through mm-hmm. uh, on that site currently. All right. Uh, city Administrator Ben Mardiga with us. When will this be uh, picked up again? When do you need to get uh, the ball rolling uh, as far as a hard decision goes? Yeah, so the council had consensus to move forward with a written notice to uh, MnDOT to acquire the site. So the next steps is staff will be working through their process to identify the potential acquisition terms to bring back to the council for consideration. It might range from no cost, um, particularly if it's a public use, to potentially um, paying a fair market value if it's intended to be a redevelopment, um, or maybe a combination if we have an interim use. We're going to explore some, how do you deal with that? If we maybe don't know exactly what it will be now, can we get the site and not pay anything with maybe a future acquisition? So we'll be working with MnDOT now that we have the council direction. It might We might not be bringing this back for maybe six months. Uh, it's hard to tell how we'll move with MnDOT, um, but uh, we at least got our, our direction from the council last night. Let's talk about uh, the flood study that the, the city has done. It is affecting some neighborhoods and some houses in particular. Uh, some individual uh, property owners are, are at risk of uh, being in a sudden floodplain with the change in climate and such. Uh, what was discussed last night? Yeah, this is ongoing efforts um, that really many communities are dealing with is just managing stormwater within your community, um, particularly as it relates to our climate continuing to change. So it's building off of comprehensive stormwater study that the city did um, somewhere around 2016 or so. In 2020, we updated um, the, the surface water model to address the most current climate data for our region. So as an example, with climate change, City infrastructure and properties need to be protected from what they call like the 1% or 100-year storm, which previously had six inches of rainfall in 24 hours. The new Atlas um, uh, 14 data uh, has a 1% 100-year uh, storm of 7.3 in, uh, inches, so it's uh, increased the uh, the amount of rain that's coming in to meet that definition, which means basically we're seeing heavier rains more often so we need to adjust our modeling that we use when we do planning and managing of regional kind of stormwater through the community so as part of our ongoing study we looked at 18 sites and properties to evaluate being impacted by uh, by these potential um, localized flooding that we have Uh, 13 of the of the residential properties are recommended for some improvement and nine of those include home conversion projects so um, for example, it might change where currently a house might have an actual walkout in their backyard, like on their lower level, walking out into the backyard. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a door uh, kind of a thing. Having to actually fill their backyard site up um, with dirt to help protect um, the property, which would make it maybe a lookout, which means you have windows, but no more maybe door going in. Or if you do, it'd have to be raised up and then have a drop down to it. Or it might change to a full basement with basically egress windows that would be installed with some so with some modifications. Um, we also had four projects related to infrastructure improvements of the drainage system that doesn't directly impact houses, but 
stormwater management ponds and things doing improvements that were identified as well. So this was kind of a first first dive by the council into these direct modification options um, uh, last evening. City Administrator Marty is with us. Uh, where are we at uh, as far as having these discussions right now about the flooding? Um, of course, last night was just a, once again, a work session. There were no actions taken. But if you were to do some, you know, flood mitigation work at houses and stuff, where where would, what needs to be done yet for, for that to become reality? Well, we gave notice to the homeowners as well. So there were some questions last night, for example, from the council on some of these walkouts appear to potentially maybe have the possibility that they're actually rental properties and they didn't really dive into that level of detail yet. So it might actually have an an economic impact to the household beyond just simply Mm -hmm. aesthetics or how they use it themselves. So that's, that's an area of exploration. So some additional opportunity for engagement um, uh, with them. I think the council also, um, they were comfortable, I think with our, with the non-direct home modifications, about a half a million dollars related to the stormwater plans. So those are really getting integrated into Mm -hmm. our capital plan. Um, We'll be putting those in for scheduling on on improvements within our stormwater planning. But I think we'll be taking a step back, um, bringing back kind of maybe a bigger picture about if we didn't do these conversion projects, what are the alternatives? Because it's a little bit new to say, okay, we're going on to individual properties, negotiating and helping to the city actually paying through our utility fund um, for some of these modifications. Our engineers talked about, too, is if we don't do that, then there are alternatives of like our own drainage system improvements but in case some cases many cases it can be much higher cost to Mm -hmm. do those things so this is actually a a lower cost and alternative that that they're looking and also a way to uh, you know keep keep homes and properties rather than acquiring some of them as well so we can preserve some housing stock as, as part of that as well the parks and rec capital investment plan was also discussed last night where are our upcoming capital investments going to go in the park system? Yeah, that's what we're going to be finding out. <laughs> okay. This is a major study kind of uh, following up in some of our strategic plan goals, knowing that we have a lot of maintenance needs in our park systems and probably a lot of wants out in the community about some improvements. So this effort will be, we, we've got a company, 292 Design Group, uh, partnership with Pro Consulting and Damon Farber. Um, out of nine firms, we had five uh, responded. They stood out amongst the others. So the work's going to include benchmarking, so identifying, like putting a rating system uh, as it relates to some of our facilities. So we talked last night about bathrooms and park shelters. What are the conditions? So they'd be doing condition, I guess, of those, but they'd also be doing benchmarking to comparable cities, what's common needs for for maybe a community our size. And then there'd be a component of community engagement of the public, probably some of our, you know, our park board, the public getting input. And really kind of developing priorities from that and, and also with ultimate direction from the city council on what they see as some priorities with those. So we know there certainly are going to be preservation and maintenance. Things are going to need a base need. And then it's kind of an evaluation of, of the other ideas that are out there. What might be the priorities and what are the different funding options to take a look at? So it's really, I would say, kind of a comprehensive analysis not really doing a lot of new studies, probably picking up on a lot of the existing studies um, and condition analysis that's been completed, but taking that existing information and then going out and, and trying to do some prioritization. So the the work is, is a pretty 
tight timeline, but right now they're projecting that they're hoping that the work uh, would be completed by summer of, of next year as part of this analysis. So we're getting ready to kick it off soon with this company, and this was kind of a initial heads up to the council on what's going to be coming forward. All right. What about the, the Carbon Reduction Fund? For 2022, you had several items, uh, several uh, items that you were you're talking about within that uh, uh, carbon reduction fund. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, a piece of the franchise fees that people are paying on their gas and electric utility bill, the council was primarily to help with our funding our street and and sidewalk and trail system um, to go away from special assessments. But we did put a chunk uh, to help with some of our climate uh, change efforts as well. So we have budgeted $100,000 in revenue from that uh, source for next year, and so part of the requirements that the council put in place was a requirement of a specific review by the city council of the proposed budget items for that for the upcoming year. So this was a review of that, uh, some of that work. So it's really kind of in its infancy, but there they had about $96,000 in expenditures. Now we did have a, a, a potential grant that we're going after and then some additional funds that have been funded through the general fund before that we're putting into this fund. But it's going to include things such as um, offering special rebate programs um, for residential uh, homeowners that we're going to run through our Housing and Redevelopment Authority, about 15000 25000 for business energy efficiency rebates uh, through our Economic Development Authority. Um, we're continuing to do some mobility work. We, we have a AmeriCorps VISTA transportation project that we've been taking a look at to say, okay, in our rural community, how might we improve uh, alternative mobility options for people in the community uh, to get people around um, efficiently and safely and maybe not have to always have a car uh, to do that. So um, we're continuing the work in that analysis. And we're also looking at um, doing some benchmarking with other communities related to our city buildings to determine like, is there different, what are the efficiencies of our buildings and can we improve on them and what can we learn from uh, some of the other communities? So we are uh, working on that. Uh, And then we are um, also looking at some uh, partnership with Nokomis Energy related to onsite renewable options um, to try and get some expanded solar projects going uh, and where they might go. One of our challenges in Northfield that we've seen both private, um, primarily private, but also public to a certain degree is the electric grid system yet isn't caught up with a lot of the changes that are happening in interest with um, solar to be able to handle the power um, that's coming from those um, to the grid. And so it's been very expensive in some cases for people to be able to get access onto the grid. And so this study will help identify where maybe in the community uh, is that not a barrier that we could maybe identify and strategically try and get some of those projects going while the really on a statewide level they're trying to figure that issue out and Northfield's kind of been a case example at the legislature on that as a challenge that they're seeing with that huh. you got to kind of wonder why too it's it, it, this is not a new thing you know that the solar gardens have been you know more than a decade wind power those things all have been more than a decade you think it's the uh energy companies would be a little further along on this. Yeah, and I, you'll need to bring in other experts beside me if you want to <laughs> dive deeper into that subject area, Jeff. Well, you're all we have, Ben. You're all we have. Uh, I know okay. Representative Lippert, Beth said on our mm-hmm. staff, has been working on some of that. And I think it might even have been, uh, as you talk about our app here coming up with Kara Trigstad mm-hmm. in our communications uh, next hour, um, 
you could also ask her too. We have a um, sustainable Northfield podcast, and I think there might have been some discussion on that on one of the episodes there too. I so will check that. Another out. place to send your listeners through our app as you uh, talk about that later. All right. Uh, see, I knew you had the information there. <laughs> uh, ben Marty with us. Uh, lastly, you reviewed uh, some final budget items and grants and capital improvement plans. Kind of finishing up the twenty twenty two budget. Yeah, mainly focused on if there were any areas that the council really wanted some additional capital improvement uh, discussions. So there was a, a few, really park-related. Uh, one was we had 185000 to basically do a complete redo of the outdoor hockey rink that we have down at Babcock Park. It's it's not at the arena, but it's it's kind of down by Aurora Pharmaceutical by the softball field down there. And it's it's a pretty it's in pretty tough shape and pretty minimal. It would include all new um, boards uh, that would be put up, uh, side panel boards, entry. Right now there's actually an opening on it. We'd be adding uh, uh, light, uh, improving lights there. Uh, improving some of the access opportunities as well. Council um, ultimately decided they want to kind of put that project on hold a little bit with this broader park analysis, maybe even with what we're going to do with the existing arena, maybe something to think about in relation to this uh, project as well. But with that, um, uh, one getting shifted back from next year, they're looking at adding on some analysis related to uh, bathroom improvements. We know we have ADA uh, accessibility is not being met on some of our uh, outdoor park facilities, um, bathrooms. So Riverside Lions Park is one where we're looking at some modifications to that bathroom uh, to be able to upgrade it, to uh, get it to in compliance. Um, And the uh, Babcock Softball Park Complex as well is identified for some improvements. That one is already scheduled, I think, for 2023, but maybe accelerating looking at improvements on that one. And then Seckler Park, kind of on the south end, the bathrooms there as well, need some upgrades. There's a heavily used shelter there um, near the facilities. The discussion there is a little bit is if we're going to upgrade some of the other amenities at that location, which is part of this analysis, there's some interest to add some additional fields and things. We might want to think about sizing of that bathroom before we put the improvements in because there might be an interest to expand it that might be more cost-effective. If you're going to do that, you might want to do it all at once rather than do it one year and then do an expansion later. So there was interest of the council to um, really try and get those facility uh, restroom facilities upgraded sooner, so that was accelerated in the discussion. So, again, a lot of of maintenance needs out there, and we'll be identifying more, but that was another one that was discussed last night. All right. Uh, Ben, we're out of time. That's that's it. We want to thank you so much for coming in today. All right. Much appreciated, and uh, we'll... uh, Talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Northfield City Administrator Ben Marding. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080. KYM at Northfield.